0: Listening to the Enter VR podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality, and sometimes a little more. Actually, most of the time, a little more. Today on the show, I'm joined by Cosmo Sharp, my good friend Cosmo. Cosmo is the co-founder of VRLA and Visionary VR. Um, and Cosmo, thanks for coming on the show, dude. Hi, thanks so much for having me.
1: How's everything, brother? It's really great, really a crazy time right now. Uh, You know, VLA is coming up in a few weeks, and it is poised to be just a monster of a show. There's so many companies involved, uh, and simultaneously, you know, we're working real hard at at the start of Visionary, so kind of multiple things uh, coinciding around the same time.
0: That sounds really exciting, um, and I think we're gonna we're definitely gonna get to that. Um, but I want to begin by starting out philosophizing with you. Um, let's, sure. Let's start. Let's start. Let's start a scholarly uh, moment of uh, philosophical discussion about the metaverse. Um, and I'll start with this question, good sir: How has VR changed you since you began? Ooh. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not pulling any punches. Yeah. We're going straight in, son. <laughs> All right. I can. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it has made me take a much harder look at uh, the nature of reality and the nature of consciousness. Um, you know, those are sort of things that I've always been interested in. But ever since I started uh, really getting into, you know, the VR community, I've been extremely fascinated by you know how the brain works and you know how the mind produces reality um i know you're you're one of the subscribers to the simulation theory and
0: you know that's something i think about as well what how would you be different today if if you've never uh have, you know came in contact with vr what kind of person do you think you'd uh,
1: be? you know i probably would just be uh you know doing film Uh, You know, that's what I was doing. I was going to school for USC uh, for film production. I'd probably be making, I don't know, short films or movies or whatever. I mean, the crazy thing was, you know, when I was going to school, um, you know, a lot of people would ask me, you know, what I wanted to be specifically, and I had no idea, you know, writer, director, whatever. But uh, kind of halfway through college, I discovered, you know, the Oculus Rift and, vr and just instantly knew that you know that's what i wanted to do so i got you know really really lucky
0: what is it about that experience when you first tried it that spoke to you you know what did you see what did you you know what was it that you know allured you uh you know just
1: the the, the first uh, thing that i did was the um it was a half-life 2 in the dk1 and, and i actually got pretty motion sick but you know, the the first time that I tried it, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, walk up to one of the one of the characters, like the combine, one of the, you know, one of the evil uh, kind of police force characters, and see his face, and uh, it, it it was pretty incredible. Um, but really, but really, what drew me to it, the reason that I got into it so hard, uh, was because of the this, this sense of infinite possibility that the medium sort of presented, the idea that, you know, through this new technology that you could, you know, theoretically experience anything, uh, you know, our, ma- our imaginations can, com- can come up with.
0: Yeah, you know, I want to ask, so, so in terms of infinite possibilities, you know, what possibilities do you think are the most plausible in the short term? Um, and what do you think? Are where where are the limits of the possibilities that VR can uh, can take you to? Like, uh, in, in other words, you know, what um, what is it, is there anything that's unreachable by the medium? Um, I'm not sure if I if phrased the proper yeah, question properly. Yeah, that's really interesting. But...
1: Um, I mean, the thing that I'm most interested in right now, and the, and the thing that you know, I plan on talking in the opening, you know, talking about in the opening remarks is, you know, is, is VR's, uh, ability to dissolve boundaries and, uh, essentially, you know, reveal the illusion of separation between people and, and everything in the universe. Um, I think really that's kind of the ultimate thing that it will help us do as, you know, as a society.
0: Do you um be well actually I have so many places I can take this conversation and I'm so excited to talk to you because <laughs> you're one of those people that can like keep keep up let's let's see where do you see um where do you see te- this technology will have the most profound changes like will, will it be in our in our culture will it be in our politics will it be in our um you know maybe in our monetary systems what what do you think i think i think it'll
1: i think it will ultimately touch every aspect of life but the thing that you know i find most exciting if i was to really talk about any one sector would be education you know palmer lucky talks a lot about this and a lot of people talk about it and there's you know some startups certainly starting to explore it but the you know the thing that that um you know, gets me is you know you look at a textbook and you, you're reading. There's this complete disconnect between you and the material, right? Sure, there maybe pictures and you can watch a video or whatever, but you know now we're theoretically able to step inside and 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 you know learn from experience, and I think that that will be incredibly powerful.
0: You know, I, I, there's something that I'm that I'm that I struggle with when it comes to like education and, and journalism. Those those are the two things that I'm like really passionate about. That I'm really rooting for. Um, that that VR will just fucking take over. But you know, it seems to me that as it stands, um, the state of the industry is mostly focused on entertainment and and eventually even more and more porn. And huh. there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong. I mean, to, to each their own. But I feel like it would be a huge sort of missed opportunity if we didn't take advantage of the educational and journalistic opportunities. So my sure, question sure. is, what do you think it's going to take? What is it that we have to tap into? Um, that porn, for example, taps into, into our primitive, primal nature, like oh fuck and all <laughs> that shit. Like we, like that's what we. That's what it's tapping into. That 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 that, that primitive part of us. But education is like it's like what is it that we need to tap into in order to for it to become as mainstream and as popular and as you know momentous as as porn, for example.
1: Right. Um, boy, I mean, it's hard to give I guess a, a specific example, but I mean, I think the main thing here is just time. Uh, you know, we've only been about you know three years into sort of modern consumer VR. And people have been able to make incredible stuff already, but it will, you know, take, you know, several years for us to start seeing those applications that make VR truly useful. The kinds of things that will keep us coming back, uh, just in the same way that you know we use our phones and our laptops daily, and we depend on them. And I think, you know, it. it's going to take time for people to come up with new things that, uh, you know, were never possible before for this new uh, technology.
0: Yeah, it seems like VR as a tool for education is setting us up for a, a paradigm in which we have to, learn, you know, relearn how to learn things. Because so so far we've learned things by... Uh, mostly reading shit off of a screen or mostly sit, sitting in front of someone and having them lecture to us. Um, it seems to me that, you know, um, th- that not only do we have to, like, l- relearn how to learn, but also um, relearn how to teach ourselves. It's, it seems like that's another vehicle that might be mm-hmm. uh, an obstruction, you know? Like, how do you teach people in VR? You know, like, how do you deliver an effect? And, and then how do you know that that person um, has learned the lessons that you want them to learn, you know? Any thoughts yeah. on that? Um, well, I mean, something that's really interesting about
1: education in VR is the possibility for, you know, th- thousands, you know, millions of people to be experiencing, you know, s- the same sort of perspective, uh, say, like in a virtual classroom, um, and and watching, you know, uh, one teacher, right? So you could give everyone, you know, the best perspective, even if you know there's you know thousands of actual people.
0: Yeah, it's that in that sense, it'll be much more cost effective for sure. Um, yeah. But let's let's change the subject. Let's let's uh, let's let's go in an ev- another direction. Have you been playing Overwatch at all lately? I have not. It looks
1: like a lot of fun. I uh, oh, used to play TF2, but um, honestly,
0: just like don't have a whole lot of time
1: to play games right now.
0: Uh, Cosmoshock, sharp. I highly recommend. Highly recommend that when you do have time, check out Overwatch and then add me. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's it is very much like Team Fortress Two, but it's also You know, and we talk about this at the office. Like, fucking Blizzard nailed it, dude. They nailed the perfect, quick hit of dopamine sort of first-person shooter, Mm team-based game. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so good, um, and it's very addicting. And yeah, actually, actually, don't play it. Don't play it. You might, you might actually not be able to get shit done. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's
1: kind of my primary thing right now is getting shit done.
0: Yeah, no. How how what is your uh what is your uh share with me your tips uh let your life pro tips at getting shit done. Like how do you sure. how do you do it? Uh
1: I mean, you know, the past few months have been pretty stressful just, you know, getting everything together. The recently in the past month or so, I've really been, you know, trying to make an effort to uh, go for a run every day, and also meditate every day. Um, it really kind of helps uh, keep me calm and and focused. Um, I also recently discovered this um, this website called uh, Brain.fm, which is uh, plays kind of like uh, music to help you focus. That's uh, algorithmically generated by uh, like a
0: AI. Interesting. How effective yeah. do you think it is? Do you th- has it? Do you, has, have you seen, like, noticeable improvements in your ability to focus and, and work?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it works. I mean, it's a little hard to tell if it's um, sort of like a placebo effect, but I definitely do feel focused. Um, Hmm. yeah i mean i'd, I'd recommend uh, checking it out
0: that's really cool i highly also recommend who's ever listening to uh, also go for a run and also meditate because those things actually do well do work um what's your technique when you meditate what do you what do you do okay uh, i'll let you know what mine is when <laughs> when i meditate once in a while really quick um i think about um what it is that and i focus on what it is that my brain feels so to speak like you know like you know how like you know, you, when you get a migraine or you get a headache, you, you feel, you know, pressure in your brain, right? Um, when I'm meditating, I, I, I try to like hyper focus on whatever pressure or whatever sort of touch or feeling I feel inside my brain. And I just sort of try to focus on that. And and, I, and sometimes like, I think that I can play with it and like I can transfer the pressure from one end to the other, but it's probably more like placebo or it's in mm-hmm. my mind. But what's your technique? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I I use uh, this app called Headspace. Um, it's pretty useful. Uh, there's lots of different um, uh, sort of sessions you can do. I mean, really just about sort of um, <clears throat> following the breath and uh, kind of body scanning. And uh, there's, like, one thing where it's, like, you try and imagine, like, liquid sunlight like flowing into your body um, which is kind of cool um, hmm. but yeah I, 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 I you know, started using it about uh, I don't know five months ago or so and it's been it's been pretty useful
0: have you ever explored or have you ever tried a sensory deprivation tank by the way
1: yeah I've done it twice uh, it's oh, re- cool. it was really awesome the, the second time um, was was like pretty crazy. Where like I kind of, you know, you're you're sitting in it, and you know the first sort of half hour, forty five minutes or so, you're kind of you know relaxed, but um, kind of just a little bit like anxious about like sort of like what are, like what am I supposed to do in here? And then sort of the last half hour, I like almost forgot like what I was doing. I forgot like that I like I was. In, like that I was floating in a thing and I, I I was sort of had this um experience of almost kind of like lifting out of my body a little bit like it wasn't that intense but mm. i could I could see how like if I was in there for a little bit longer that it, I could really kind of separate um the mind from the body which was kind of a crazy experience
0: yeah that sounds kind of that sounds pretty crazy i don't i don't think i had anything as um uh, profound or as as uh, intense as you i but i the times that i have tried it i've walked away with a lot of um well feeling really relaxed just really relaxed and i think <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah really kind feeling. of like
1: scarily relaxed
0: <laughs> yeah 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 actually it's like it's it almost it almost feels like coming back from VR. Like it's almost like your your body or your mind isn't quite connected yet or tuned into <laughs> the to the real world yet. Yeah. yeah. For a little it's, while. It's, yeah,
1: it's 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 pretty awesome. It, it is almost like scary in a way. where it's like no one should feel this relaxed.
0: <laughs> I think I think uh, we should have government mandated uh, sensory deprivation tanks in every home. Um, so everybody can chill the fuck out. Yeah, you know, be awesome. dude,
1: totally, totally. That's what we all need. <laughs> we, just, we all just need to chill out, man.
0: Uh, I feel you. Um, so, you know, like, like really, like, really, without getting into, like, the, you know, like the politics of the world, like, holy shit! 2016 yeah. has been a crazy fucking year. God damn. What dude, have-
1: yeah, it sure has. I mean, fucking Trump and... All this politics and shootings and yeah, I mean, things are, things are uh,
0: definitely. It seems to be getting increasingly crazy. So, he, hear me out on this one. I'm a, I'm a, of the belief that I think that the world is facing exponential problems, um, such as climate change. Um, in many ways, the human overpopulation can be exponential. Um, you know the age of non-bacterial uh, eff- efficacy is on our, in, is on its way, and I think that will be an exponential problem. But mostly climate change. And so my my thinking has been that you know you know what we have exponential tools at our disposal. We're just not aware of them, or we're not aware that they are exponential. I know, whichever it is, we have VR right now and AR at our doorstep, and these are tools that are exponential, and the way they can spread virally and you know build on top of each other, and so. You know, these are and so and so I so I think to myself like yeah you know the future is gonna be all right it's gonna be it's gonna be okay um, because we got these tools now and we're gonna use them but the, but there's issues of human psyche in politics and politics and that I don't and I can't figure out how and quite why and you know what it is that VR and AR can do to like you know. Make people chill the fuck out, and they get along with each other a bit better. You know, like I I don't know what it is that it needs to, what it is that we can do with AR or VR. You know, I almost feel helpless in many ways. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, it just depends on the content, right? I mean, the ultimate power of VR, right, is to, um, you know, widen your perspective to to bring a you know, uh, uh, you know, to connect your entire body your five senses into a, you know, a, a shared perspective. Um, I, I, I think that's kind of, you know, for for me, one of the main points of it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you're, I think, I think there's something to that. I feel like um, I'm also the belief that we as a species are suffering. Um, it, it, we are, a vic- we're a victim of our own success in terms of, you know, how civilization has evolved to this point where now people don't really have to worry about the, the Mongols breaking down their gates and, you know, pillaging and raping and cutting off their heads. You know, now we have to worry about um, rent and we have to worry about, uh, you know, health insurance and bills and debt and college student debt and all that shit. And so it seems to me that we've evolved to have a new set of problems and we've evolved to live in, in a in a, in a a state, I think most people a lot of people don't get to travel as much as they should. And I feel like, you know, for, for all of humanity to be able to travel, it would be mm. insanely costly in the environment. Mm-hmm. And therefore, and therefore, it would be very wise to utilize VR and AR to... Um, because here's the thing that, about travel. Travel tr- cures closed-mindedness, um, mm. I think, in, for, for most people. not uh, Probably not everyone. But for most people... Closed-mindedness is, is treated with travel and, tr- and 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 being able to break your stereotypes and being able to you know put yourselves in uncomfortable right. places. It's it's neuroplasticity, and so my thinking is, or the hope is that VR will be able to do that. You know, with a absolutely, you know, infinite yeah. ex- ever expanding metaverse of all sorts of absolutely. weird and crazy places. Um, yeah, but, but where does where does the line? And, and this is the question: Where does the line get drawn? When it comes to experience in the metaverse, will we have to ban, um, you know, pedophilia like experiences? <laughs> will we have yeah. to ban, uh, you know, racist like experiences? You know, yeah, I don't oh, know. Man,
1: that's it's a really really good question. It's actually something that we talked about in a you know we had a panel on a for VR school on like VR in a hundred years with a bunch of really cool people. Brett Leonard. Um, James Iliff from uh, Servios, uh, Samantha Matthews, and um, uh, uh, what's his name, Kevin Mack from uh, from Shape Space, and yeah, I, I asked them a similar question, and I I I don't think there's really going to be any way to enforce the kinds of experiences that people can have in the metaverse, right? Um, and I think. Uh, we i don't know at least you know that group kind of came to the conclusion that it's sort of like you know will ultimately be a, a free for all of experience you know who's to say that you know one kind of experience is acceptable versus you know one that's not and it definitely you know imposes some really interesting moral dilemmas that you know, m- might not actually get solved.
0: Yeah, it's but the discussion will arise because, and I'm going to play the devil's advocate because it makes shit interesting. Um, the, the someone will come out and say, "Well, you know what? You know what you're doing with it." This is a really good point that Jesse Shell brought up with a Unity uh, lecture he gave. Um, what one at some point um someone's gonna say you know you know what you're doing what you're doing is you're, you're 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 in that bullet train uh oculus vr experience and you think you're just you know playing a, a first person shooter in vr but you're actually you're actually using a terrorist simulator you know you shooting shooting up a, a, a train mm-hmm. simulator and yes, yes. and and so and so it's so it's like in that same vein it's like you know if you have a um a 4chan of vr where everybody can be racist will that transfer over to the real world will people become oh, desensitized to yeah, being that's, more racist what do you what do you think god it's
1: a really tough question something that i think about as well actually um you know when it, you know back in like kind of the mid 2000s like lit like night and, and 90s you know there's you know, a lot of fear about like GTA and Mortal Kombat and you know those really violent games and people you know parents were rightfully worried that you know it was sort of training these kids to be violent and to like learn how to you know shoot guns etc. and that was largely BS because the skills you know what you were you know what you were doing in those games you were kind of moving your thumbs to control a little controller to move the character on the screen. It wasn't really like you weren't actually learning anything. You were just controlling this avatar, but it gets what's, 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 you know, what's scary for me just is the thought that now with VR and as we get more and more realistic controls and as, you know, ultimately we have, you know, neural VR where it's just, you know, complete you know, completely five senses are, are inside there. Um, you know, it really does seem like you'd be able to, you know, train people to, um, you know, do, you know, to, to pick up skills that would actually, um, you know, have, um, you know, meaning in real life. But, you know, perhaps, you know, the kind of counter to that point would be, you know, if if it is super realistic in VR, then, you know, hopefully... You know, people will not have the urge to do such things in real life. And, you know, the, the hope is that, you know, c- you know, horrible things that people do will somehow be decreased, is, you know, is the hope. But, you know, who, who knows what, what's ultimately going to happen.
0: Yeah, let's, you know, it seems to me that if VR really is a tool to desensitize people from certain things, it could become a double-edged sword. In one way, you'll have, yes, you'll have people desensitized or people who aren't fully, uh, how do you say, fully uh, in control of their own mental capabilities. And they're going to take these VR experiences and they're going to become desensitized and they're going to have, and we're going to have mass shootings. Or, or here's the other thing, like Tippitat did where he like, desensitized himself from his fear of heights mm-hmm. and it made his life a, a little better. You know, we could also desensitize people from sexual taboos, and we can spark yeah. a whole new sexual revolution 2.0. Like, it could be it could be used for both good and bad if that is the case, that VR can desensitize right. people.
1: Right, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's... I think, you know, new technologies create as many problems as they solve, right? And it's easy to get lost down the rabbit hole of, you know, oh, man, VR is training terrorists or VR is, you know, creating all these bad things. And I think, you know, honestly, there, there certainly is that possibility that, that, you know, it will, you know, have su- certain negative, uh, you know, consequences. But, but I think that the positive, you know, outcomes... Will dramatically overshadow,
0: um, you know, w- the, the, all the bad stuff. Cosmo, paint me, paint me your utopian vision of what VR will look like ten years from now. Ooh, um,
1: f- for me, it's you know being able to. Travel anywhere around the world as if uh, you know I was actually there to go on virtual vacations. Uh, you know to be able to actually you know walk around in, 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 in virtual spaces as if I was actually walking you know with my with my you know real body um, and to be able to you know have incredible adventures and journeys and uh you know with my friends and family and, and be able to to talk to. Uh, my family, as if they were you know there in the room with me, you know you know even when they're you know thousands of miles away so it's 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 stuff like really what i'm what I'm looking for is kind of like a a Willy Wonka simulator <laughs> hmm. you know where it is the, the sense that you know when I read those books and watched the movies that you know. You're inside this, this magical factory and there were thousands of doors and behind each door was some incredible thing where you, know, you, didn't, you, you didn't know what to expect but you, you knew that it was going to be awesome. And so I think that's kind of you know, what, what I'm looking for out of VR in, in the future.
0: Hopefully the Void will make a Willy Wonka factory uh, experience yeah <laughs>
1: oh man but you couldn't taste anything though
0: or could you or could you well not yeah i mean i mean I think, I think
1: i think i think in the future for in in the long term for sure near term i mean who knows how to do that but that's you know the the, the possibility of kind of like you know i think not a whole lot of people are thinking about food in vr this is something that we're talking about with uh the last time I was on a podcast with Rev- Reverend Kyle, we were talking about the you know the possibilities for food in VR to be able to you know invent entirely new you know kinds of food that look totally impossible or behave in totally crazy ways or in taste and you know the texture you know obviously that that is a super complicated thing to build, but it's 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 definitely a but, but a whole a whole industry waiting to happen.
0: Absolutely. But talking about, like, stuff that we can do right now, you know, we could use mixed reality, for example. To I can give you, for example, I can give you... A piece of broccoli, right? And you hold that piece of broccoli in your hand, and with a mixed reality uh, machine vision system, that piece of broccoli will what you what you'll actually see will be a, a piece of pizza, a slice of pizza. <laughs> and so I wonder. And my thinking would be like, I wonder how powerful the image would be, considering how seventy percent right. of your receptors are con- dedicated to vision. How right. much? How much? How, it, I wonder if we could, like, you know, teach kids. How to eat vegetables and like eat healthy and stuff, you know, because we'd be tricking them, yeah. thinking them that they're eating chicken nuggets instead or something. Well,
1: actually, there is um. So you know, we just did a, a Hololens hackathon for Birley School a few weeks ago, and it was really cool. It's a great opportunity for us and for you know all the people there. Uh, and one of the teams they were working on this um this Hololens app where it would you'd have like a plate of food, and then it would simulate. This kind of cute little cartoony, uh, kind of like a like a forest with like little ant like virtual animals that were kind of like kind of walking around the plate, and the the idea was to kind of encourage kids to eat healthier foods by making it more exciting. So I thought that was really interesting and really kind of just the tip of the iceberg for kind of ways that. Mixed reality can, you know, positively impact our lives.
0: Yeah, this is how mind control begins. Very with with good intentions, doesn't it? But I'm just joking. (laughs) No, I'm not. Uh, uh, What I'm (laughs) boy. By the way, I'm boy. I'm boycotting Pokemon Go until I can get it inside of an AR glass like Hololens.
1: Yeah, Um, have you? Yeah, I haven't messed around with it.
0: I I, I feel like I'm just going to be disappointed. My girlfriend just left me. Like literally, just dumped me before Pokemon Go um she so so it's that it's that effective it's gone viral like the servers keep crashing um and yeah she 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 really did do like she was supposed to come home right. like an hour ago and she's out catching pokemon um so she it, left you for pokemon she's not having more pokemon i, I which, think what, which uh, which pokemon is she dating now i you well, know she's she's with all of them she's she is the poke- she's now instead of a cat lady she's Relax. a pokemon lady so it's you know i guess i guess there's something i can't provide that pokemon can um. Yeah. So it's not just me. Every out, every male out there in the world, be watch out. Don't let don't let your girlfriend download Pokemon Go. They're gonna. Yeah. Be-
1: I mean, I I read the the Road to VR uh, article on, about it, and I haven't downloaded it myself, but it, it's you know like, you know they made that that tr- that teaser trailer for it on YouTube. But it's like it's really like the dream of like you're. It's totally immersive, and like the Pokemon are like these giant creatures, and you're know, like Looking around, I think like that will totally be possible, right? With like stuff like, you know, Magic Leap and uh, you know, HoloLens and whatever Apple's working on. Oh yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, right now it's it's definitely kind of you know the very first stages of, of getting stuff t- to be like that.
0: It's becoming it's it's getting it's going to get to the point where uh, us as adults will be doing things that are more childlike, like having imaginary friends. Because basically, sure. basically, when when it gets good enough, like we're gonna have AR imaginary friends, like more or less, you know, and it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. It's gonna be very interesting how yeah. um, you know how yeah. ahead of our time we were.
1: <laughs> well, it's you know, it is a very interesting point that you bring up that it these technologies tend to bring us back to this sort of childlike state where it's sort of. You know, when we're kids, we don't have, you know, we don't really think twice about, you know, playing tag or running around or, you know, talking to, you know, imaginary things or sort of just, you know, having fun without, you know, the worry of all the sort of adult life. And I think, you know, really that the the power of VR will, will, you know, be able to bring us, you know, at least temporarily back to a kind of headspace where anything is possible.
0: You know what else does that? Or you know what else brings us to a childlike state? Uh, Psychedelics? LSD? Yeah, I was going to say. You saw the the article from The Guardian. Um, LSD makes the brain turn, like, baby-like and it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's so, fascinating because you see babies like you're a two year old baby and they're just like absorbing shit through their eyes and you see just that everything is overwhelmingly right. wow fantastic yeah. like that's and so that's yeah because yeah, yeah because you see things uh, without any
1: preconceived notions for how they should be
0: yeah there's no right. uh, there's it's the, like the boundaries dissolve exactly like you, mm-hmm. you're, all your self defense yep. mechanisms go down and all of a sudden you're like yeah, it's just absorbing shit. And yeah. I wonder whether, if here's the question: whether you think at some point VR is going to get so good that it's going to considered it's going to be considered a drug of some sort?
1: Um, boy, yeah, I think so because people will, you know, at that point, people will become addicted to it, right? They're going to want to spend, um, you know, more time inside that than, you know, the physical reality. And so, you know, I think there's going to be a sort of a backlash against that. I mean, it's kind of hard to predict exactly how it will play out, right? But
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's only a matter of time before it becomes regulated in some ways, right? When you think about, you know, when we have, I guess, like, I don't know, nanobots or whatever. Oh, hey, dog.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, that's that's. Hey, I
1: taught you better. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that now. No. When we, when we can simulate our five senses inside of VR and we can touch things, right, and we can walk around, um, where is the threshold for pain? Like, hmm. what what can we do to um, prevent someone from experiencing an or- an, a crazy amount of pain, right? It's going to be a huge issue, I think
0: yeah it's it's tough it really is tough because it's like because one you know our society does not have a grasp uh, a proper grasp on the nature of the mind to make the decisions that will be informed enough to actually you know do do the things that are um that will make people's lives better and not make them worse i i, I wonder that. my question is out of curiosity like what would like what would VR rehab look like? What would that program look like? Like, would they send you out to the woods and, you know, Wait. make you meditate? Or uh, what would that look like, I wonder?
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of like a very dy- dystopic sort of thing to think about, right? But it's going to happen, maybe? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's already kind of things like that. I was actually reading uh, just yesterday this book, um... They were talking about this place called Camp Grounded where you, like, go away into, like, some forest or whatever and it's, like, you know, no phones and the whole thing is, like, kind of sort of simulating what camp was like when you were a kid. Um, hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I guess – yeah, it's 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 – it's pretty weird to imagine a future where, you know, mixed reality is so embedded, you know, in our culture and our everyday life when, you know, it's that moment when you take the glasses off and realize that, you know, life is actually a lot more mundane than your glasses were telling you.
0: <sighs> yeah, would you say you're consider? would you consider yourself addicted to your phone because I am? Yeah, know?
1: probably. I think I think increasingly so where so I, I I think I'm I think I've been you know using it a little bit more frequently than I used to.
0: Um, for me, a little is an understatement. I've I've used it a lot more over the years. It's just become an extension of me, and it's I'm I'm basically a cyborg. And it's interesting because we we can admit today that you and I are addicted to our phones. Yet no one's knocking on our door telling us to go to rehab. So why should we expect that to happen with AR and VR?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Um, I mean, I think maybe, maybe, maybe then that won't
0: happen. Maybe Hopefully it'll not. just
1: become so. Maybe it'll become so normalized that we won't even think twice about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we will think twice eventually when the what we look through the screen is uh, indistinguishable from real life. But those questions will be different kinds of questions that we'll start asking. Which reminds me, I should ask you, what do you think is going to happen once we put on the headset and we can't distinguish between the real life and what's inside the headset?
1: Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a very exciting and, and scary idea, right? Because the thing that I wonder about is, like, how do you build an escape hatch out of the matrix, right? Like how do you force quit out of something that you're completely enveloped inside of, right? Like we have to start thinking about that before we actually build it. Otherwise we're just going to get trapped.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are we trapping ourselves in A, a reality that's not made by us for us? Um,
1: I mean I don't know exactly what it would be. It's just like, you know, how do you how do you prevent mind prism, right? Like have you seen that um, the the Black Mirror White Christmas episode? No, that's the one episode I haven't seen yet. Oh, do you, okay, I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. But, um oh my god, it <sighs> Black Mirror is awesome, but that one episode, the White Christmas episode with John Hamm, yeah, is mind blowing. It it, it it has so many crazy concepts in it. It's just so well executed, so well written. There's so many twists and turns. I highly recommend you checking that out. Uh, it's relevant to mind prison. I have something to do
0: after we stop recording this <laughs> podcast. Thanks, yeah, man.
1: no, it's it, it's 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 pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, what other TV shows do you recommend at this point?
1: Uh ooh, um I love uh I've just been watching Orange the New Black recently. Um, How is that by the way? It's pretty good, pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, just finished Game of Thrones, Silicon Valley is incredible. Um uh been watching a little bit of Cooked on Netflix. <laughs> hm. Uh which like or or actually oh uh, chef's table, I love Chef's table. It's pretty good. Um,
0: have you yeah. heard of Broad City? By the way, uh, I have, but have not watched it. I've been. I, I, I people whom I highly regard have have, have recommended that show to me, um, and I think and I think I'm gonna check it out. I haven't seen it yet, but it seems like it's extremely raunchy. And it's like, you know, the the style of comedy that, you know, that is very not politically correct. And, um, yeah, it's these these two Jewish girls that live in New York and they don't give a fuck. And it's kind of cool, I think, um, to see that style of comedy um, out there still. Um, But, yeah, let's see. Any good movies you've seen? We're gonna go go through the. I'm trying to get, get my, chat- favorite
1: color, uh, my favorite color, movie and uh, my books. Book. Let's talk about books um, and movies. <laughs> um, boy, um, I just saw Finding Dory. How was it that? Was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, had, had had some laughs in there.
0: Do you <laughs> think if Pixar jumped into the VR game? Um, do you think that they would be able to? Conquer, or do you think that they would struggle? Hmm. Uh,
1: you know, it's. I I think it's a really exciting possibility to imagine those kinds of characters and that you know quality level inside VR. It's definitely you know making VR is a, a totally different process from making you know you know rendered. Rendered stuff that they do, mm-hmm. um, you know. I'm sure they must have some people working on it, but it's it's uh, definitely an entirely different ball game.
0: Let me ask you this: um, I haven't forgotten about the book thing. I'm going to ask you about the book thing in a bit. Um, let me ask you this: You know, you so how do you? How, how, what are your thoughts in terms of what is the state of the of the industry at this point? Where, where if if I came up to you, a random person on the street, and I say, Cosmo. What's the state of the industry right now? How would you respond to that? Uh, it's
1: a very exciting time, you know. It's it's interesting because for the people in the VR community, we've been you know been waiting for what feels like forever for the Rift and for the Vive to launch, uh, and now they have. And you know the the PSVR is launching pretty soon, so now we're kind of in this new phase where. You know, it's it's a lot more real. There's a lot more at stake and I think you know in the next year or so we're you know going to face this sort of period of disillusionment where things uh, you know the trough of sorrow, so to speak, where things you know aren't you know selling quite as well or you know it's not as you know quite as exciting as we you know imagined it to be. But I think, you know, I truly believe that, you know, VR and AR are the future of all of entertainment, media, and life itself. And, um, you know, it's only a matter of time for, you know, us to start seeing those truly uh, revolutionary types of software um, that, you know, we've all been waiting for.
0: Yeah, how do you feel about the HTC Vive sales figures? Um, it seems like they hold, they sold a hundred thousand units mm-hmm. so far, um, and they've made around ninety million dollars in sales. So, so people like Redicello the, and uh, other investors, like they can't say anymore that there is no market. There is a market now, you know. Right. So what are they waiting for? Yeah. But what, what do you uh, think?
1: You know, it seems like a decent number. I mean, I don't really... I never had, like, an expectation personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still pretty early on. Um, I think, you know, again, the the, the biggest challenges here are cost. Um, you know, today today's... Um, you know, today's Rift that costs $600 will be, you know, $400 next year and $300 the year after that. And, you know... Ultimately, we're, we'll we'll hit a point where you can have really really high quality VR like today's Rift for a few hundred dollars, and at that point, you know there will, you know there there won't be much stopping you know the average person from jumping in. Okay. Um, I like to you know compare it to you know, if you think about like the iPhone when that first came out. Uh, in 2007, um, you know, it was a really cool product that was 600, and you know, it was really kind of for you know only the sort of early adopters and the the nerdy tech geeks bought one. Um, and then right around like the you know when the iPhone four came out, just four years later, you you know started looking around and suddenly. You know, all of these people on the street had one, your friends had one, and, you know, ultimately it kind of devoured the, the whole industry. And I think, you know, we're going to see some kind of trajectory like that for VR and AR, maybe not quite on that time scale, but, uh, you know, that's that's my expectation at least.
0: What do you think of the possibility or the hypothetical scenario in which AR and VR glasses, goggles are... Um are being sold to people uh, under the smartphone model, where you have to sign up for a two-year contract, and you're and the phones, the AR glass is not really yours; it's, it belongs to the company. And you because basically they can, you know, a, a Hololens. There's nothing stopping it from becoming a phone, from being your second secondary phone. And I wonder if having a model like that, where people are in this cycle of like two-year contracts, constant iteration, I wonder if that would be a net positive for consumers?
1: Hmm. You know, I've actually never thought about that. I mean, my first response is like, that doesn't really sound like a good idea, but I mean, if there's a way where you could structure it so it could be cheaper, maybe you pay monthly, right? Like, you know, T-Mobile, they got rid of, um, I think, the subsidies, and now you just pay like a monthly fee for your phone. So I could see something like that maybe.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting, it would be but I don't know, but I also don't know whether it would be good or bad um, and how it, af- it would affect the industry and the, the, the progress of it um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a, a wait and see kind of game What do you think is the best business model for uh, VR, just direct the consumers, one price and just, you know, leave it at that Um...
1: I mean, it certainly is the simplest. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it seems to be working so far. So um, I don't know. It's not really not really something that I've uh, thought much about, actually.
0: So uh, moving on into the realm of you know, so as a person who's very heavily heavily in the public eye, public eye. Um, you know, and you, I'm sure you've had uh, multiple and dozens and thousands probably of conversations with people. Like, what, is, what are the questions that people ask you the most these days?
1: Well, questions that you just asked me mostly, actually, just, like, stuff about, you know, where's the – how do you get into VR? Where's the VR industry heading? Um you know, what, where do you see this going in five, you
0: know, five years? Who are the big players?
1: You know, simple, simple questions
0: like that. What is so? What do you? Re- how do you respond to the question of how do you get into VR?
1: Well, the good news is that there's more and more VR startups every day. Like I remember when we first started VRLA, it was really difficult to, you know, even find people who had that first dev kit. And now it seems like, you know, there's, you know, almost too many VR startups. And I think, um, you know, if you're in California, that's (laughs) really good news for you because, you know, it feels like, you know, at least from my perspective, that the majority of, you know, VR startups are, you know, you know, being founded here, um, but you know, if you really want to get into VR, uh, you know, the first you know places to you know go are you know places like Road to VR, Upload VR, the Oculus subreddit. You know, really just reading those every day and learning as much as you can, and of course going to meetups and you know events like VRLA and um, you know, hopefully you uh, have some connections to. Uh, people already, but um, I don't know. We have to. I can't really give a specific example. I guess. Interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, you know, when I say what I like to say to people, and it, it definitely varies on the crowd um, or who the person is. But a lot of times, a lot of the times, I think about like, well, you know, like if I were, if, if I needed to hire someone, or if I needed to like work with someone, partner with someone, like I need to see if they built something, if they, if they, you know, what they're capable of. And a resume doesn't do it for me. You know, I, you know, I, I need to see something tangible. What did you build? What have you done? Um, and so, and so things like a podcast, things like a meetup, things like, you know, an app, a VR experience, mm-hmm. like if you built shit like that, like you're, you know, you're, you're more, you're well positioned, um, than better positioned than someone who's handing out resumes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That 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 was the uh, the answer that I should have gave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I we we're, you. we're both we're both in sync. We're both thinking it. That's for sure. Um, hmm. yeah, where where what's the future of VR like? Where where are you guys going to take this? Uh, we are going to ultimately
1: take over the entire LA Convention Center just like E3. I don't know how long it'll take us to get there, but that's my goal um you know uh, we we also are you know continuing to expand VRLA school uh, you know right now we're doing uh you know monthly workshops but ultimately i you know would like to do them more frequently and do more in-depth you know educational sessions for people cuz i think that's really important uh you know to help you know teach people how to you know actually get into this industry um you know, we'll probably start doing, um, you know, other types of events. We haven't, you know, quite, you know, figured that out yet, but uh, there's certainly a lot of possibility, and I think we're, you know, well-positioned to, you know, take advantage of, you know, all that's out there.
0: How do you, what do you attribute your uh, your success so far to? Like, um, what, what has made, you know, yeah, what has made you guys successful yeah. so far?
1: Uh, I think mostly timing uh, is a, is a huge thing. Um, we kind of started the meetups about a year before everyone kind of woke up and realized that VR was going to be important. <laughs> so we're just really really lucky uh, for that. And then you know we really all it's all it is is you know. Every new event, every new show, we say, "Okay, that was great. It was fun. Let's do the next one even bigger." And we've done that for seven, you know, seven times now. And we're expecting uh, about six thousand people in the West Hall of of the LA Convention Center. Um, and you know, just a lot of hard work. The team, you know, does. All of this, uh, you know, our team makes all of this possible uh, on their own time. You know, we're not really getting paid for, for this. Uh, we all kind of have day jobs. So it's definitely um, really, really challenging uh, to, to pull pull this off and continue growing, growing it. Um, so, you know, something will, you know, will have to change in the way that, you know, we work for sure uh, mm-hmm. because it's just kind of, grown beyond us but you know i'm i'm really proud of what we've already accomplished and you know really just getting started
0: what things do you think if you could go back in time uh, three years ago um and then you uh, were able to speak to uh, the cosmo that was about to get vrla started like what advice would you give them knowing what you know now boy um
1: You know, when we started, I wasn't trying to be in the LA Convention Center, you know? Like, I just wanted to meet other people in the VR industry. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't shooting for the stars, and I think, you know, I would, you know, Set set my set my expectations in a in a way that um, you know didn't <laughs> didn't make me kind of complacent. I guess.
0: Hmm. And I don't know. Explain more. Now, now I'm curious. Now I'm intrigued. Now you have me hooked. <laughs> Really, I don't know. I
1: was kind of struggling for an answer. there.
0: <laughs> no, I mean it's like well, that's what that's what I like. I like I like the struggle. I like I like to see I like to see your mind at work. Um, and and yeah, I need to poke a little a little bit more at that. Like you know, what do you what do you mean? You know, did you did you feel like you're not you weren't as as ambitious as you as you should have been in the beginning?
1: No, I think we were perfectly fine. It just my my point was just that. You know, you can't. Like, if if uh, if I had start, if I had wanted to be in the L.A. Convention Center when we first started, like we never, like I never would have started it. You know. Mm. So there's a certain certain amount of kind of naivete that <laughs> I had around, you know. The the whole thing when we when we first
0: began. Mm-hmm. How has how's it how has the industry changed um, since you first began watching it? It's
1: gotten a lot larger, <laughs> for sure. Uh, you know, like I, like I said before, you know, there's so many new companies in here. You know, the hardware has dramatically improved. You know, when we first started out with the DK1, etc. Uh, you know, it was a cool thing, but it, you know, made a lot of people sick, and you know, it wasn't quite clear that it was, you know, going to be, you know, successful. It wasn't until you know the the, the Crescent Bay and stuff like that, where it really was like, okay, this is real. This is this is it. Um, and you know, seeing all these new people flock towards. This thing that, you know, I thought was this kind of weird sort of niche thing is really exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it totally is. Um, Cosmo Sharp, we're going to start bringing things down to a close. Do you have any final thoughts, any, any, anything you'd like to, you know, that you've been holding back inside of your heart, you'd like to let out for the world to know?
1: I love you. <laughs> I love you too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, well, VRLA Summer Expo is on August 5th and 6th. Um, it's going to be an awesome show. We are selling tickets now at virtualrealityla.com. So if you're interested in attending, you can go there.
0: Sweet. I will add all those links and information in the show notes. Um, Cosmo Sharp, thank you again and always for being a true scholar and gentleman of the metaverse. Um, and hopefully I can catch you again in in uh, in MeetSpace soon.
1: Absolutely, I hope to see you at the show.